Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Big sports may be on hold, but the action at MyBookie never ends. Whether it's international soccer, esports, political props, or their free $10,000 Blackjack Madness tournament that's going on right now, use the promo code SGP and receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's the promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. And we're brought to you by ProSwap. You don't have to go to Vegas to buy Vegas bets. ProSwap is available in many states where there's no sports betting. Use the promo code SGP and you get a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's ProSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Hawthorne. Hawthorne are the makers of customized cologne, shampoo, and body wash. Go to H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot co and use the promo code SPG to get 10% off your purchase. Remember, it's Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co and use the promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Simply Safe. Simply Safe home security is like getting commercial grade, enterprise level security, but for your own home. Go to simplysafe.com/sgp today and get free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money back guarantee. That's s i m p l i s a f e.com/sgp and save on home security today with Simply Safe. That's simplysafe.com/s GP. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Well, welcome in, everybody. We're in a bizarre time right now in the sports world where everything has been put on hold. And, oh, I have to utter it again. The 2020 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, in fact, all of their tournaments, the women's tournaments, Division One, Two, II, and Three, all canceled. There will be no March Madness. Yes, it is turned to March sadness, but we're here to try to persevere on, plug away, and talk about other happier things as part of the nation's only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs. I am your somewhat capable host. I will enlist some special guests. You know Brian Edwards of Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com. Of course, we have to get him on with the NBA season, the NHL season on hold, baseball not starting, they're canceling golf tournaments, the Kentucky Derby, the Masters, big boxing matches, well, we got plenty to talk about, though, with Brian in particular about the NCAA tournament and what could have been, what might have been. Of course, we came to you last week on Three Dog Thursday, right on the cusp of when everything was shut down. And the NCAA tournament later in the day on Thursday was eventually canceled altogether. Not only the conference tournaments canceled, but the NCAA tournament, unprecedented, canceled for the first time ever since they began playing the championship in 1939. Hard to believe that we're not going to have it, but Brian Edwards is going to talk to me about uh, what might have been with the tourney and some odds and some fun. We're going to go round robin about what Dayton might have been uh, listed as as a favorite or an underdog. The same with Duke to win it all or Michigan State to win it all and on and on. I'll get Brian's thoughts on all of that here on the podcast. Plus, we'll reminisce about the heartwarming story in the 1990 tournament of Loyola Marymount, LMU, from Southern California and the death of their teammate Hank Gathers right on the eve of the tournament. And then they became really the darlings of the 1990 opening weekend with Bo Kimball making the free throws left-handed in the honor of his fallen teammate who had to try to start shooting him left-handed because he was such a poor free throw shooter. Those guys were uh, high school stars together in Philadelphia, went all the way out to Southern California, were originally at USC, then transferred to Loyola Marymount. And they turn college basketball upside down with the fast-breaking style, the three-point shooting, averaging 120 points a game. And even without Hank Gathers, they knocked off New Mexico State and and defending champion Michigan scoring a barrage of points. So we're going to reminisce about that and all the fantastic finishes uh, with Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com. Look forward to talking with him in a little bit, and we'll even talk a little bit of NFL odds right now with free agency in full swing. You obviously know that I am partial to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, NFL free agency beginning. 
Obviously, at the time that we're taping Three Dog Thursday, there's nothing official as of yet on that quarterback from New England who's already announced, I'm not going to be a Patriot anymore after 20 seasons. Will he end up in Tampa Bay? Time will tell. There's nothing official on it as of yet. When it is officially announced, uh, then we will have much more. But for right now, we're looking around at all these moves being made. You'll hear me talk about it more with Brian and let him talk uh, more about what it means for the odds and for next year and for the Super Bowl, etc. And then on the show, we'll go out to Vegas. Speaking of Vegas, as we have already with our ads and that kind of stuff, there is no March Madness and nobody's being hit harder than the uh, the original state where gambling was legal for the longest. The mecca of March Madness gambling is Las Vegas and is the state of Nevada. And now they are a ghost town because of the outbreak of the coronavirus and uh, and the different uh, national and state and local authorities taking action to close down everything. The Vegas casinos are closed. The sports books are closed. Nobody's allowed in to come and bet. And obviously there's nothing to bet on in the sports world, much less the 2020 NCAA tournament which is over $400 million worth of legal wagering in Nevada alone every March. You compound that with the hundreds of millions of dollars they're going to lose out on tourists and hotels. Forget about them being sports fans. Uh, but all the restaurants, uh, JT The Brick is going to be here for the JT The Brick Show on In Vegas five days a week and also overnights on Sirius XM. I look forward to talking with JT about the Vegas shutdown, what might have been with the tournament. He'll talk a little NFL and the Vegas Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders that are going to be coming and cranking up for this season. So I look forward to talking with JT as well. Uh, so much, so many emotions that I have here. I mean, this weekend was supposed to be about the Cinderella's. All the great stories, you know, that when UMBC as a 16 seed, Maryland, Baltimore County, upset Virginia two years ago, that's the ultimate underdogs. Uh, but we've seen other underdogs. Remember, uh, one year back, about five, six years ago, actually, it's now the, what, the 2013 tournament, I think it was. Uh, where both Missouri and Duke were beaten within about eight hours of each other as number two seeds by 15 seeds. Missouri beaten by Norfolk State, Duke beaten by C.J. McCollum and Lee High. Uh, it's incredible when you go back and watch the upsets of this tournament, whether it's tiny Vermont uh, pulling the shocker of Syracuse, uh, the Louisiana school, Northwestern State, the Demons, and my buddy Patrick Netherton on the play-by-play call, last-second shot to beat Iowa in the tournament, Valparaiso. Uh, from the Midwest, out of Indiana, out of Valparaiso, Indiana, last second shot to beat Ole Miss in the 1998 tournament. I mean, there's there's great moment after great moment uh, from the opening round. I can tell you this, uh, none of those will top what I saw in Tampa in the opening round of the 2008 tournament, eventually won by the Kansas Jayhawks over my Memphis Tigers Oh, I got to remember that one more time with Mario Chalmers hitting the tying three, going to overtime and winning the national title in overtime. Well, that tournament began with a regional in Tampa that had not one, not two, not three, but four double-digit seeds all went on the same floor on the same day. I watched not the San Diego State Aztecs, but the University of San Diego Toreros upset Jim Calhoun's UConn team right in front of my eyes, downtown Amelie Arena in Tampa, as a 13 seed. Right after that, it was the 12-seeded Western Kentucky Hilltoppers uh, that stunned Drake, the fifth seed, out of the Missouri Valley Conference on a last-second three bomb by Ty Rogers. That was the player's name. He shot that ball right in front of me on press row, about 10 feet away from me. It seemed like 10, 15 feet right on the angle. And Western Kentucky pulled the upset over the fifth seed, Drake. And then that night, I watched as well as a 13-seed Siena and a 12-seed Villanova both also pulled off upsets in the same <laughs> bracket. Uh, it, it was incredible that two 12s and two 13s won on the same side on the same day, 2008, in Tampa. And as we're going to talk about with Brian Edwards in a bit, you can go back and relive these great moments in these tournaments on YouTube through CBS, the NCAA, their coverage, and all the YouTube videos. Go back and look at that crazy day in Tampa. I was there. 
I was there as the, I still remember the University of San Diego was the first game, and I was sitting near in the early games, I was sitting near the San Diego radio crew, the USD radio crew, the Toreros. They were on for the noon Eastern time game with UConn with their pregame show at 8.30 in the morning in San Diego in morning drive. In the morning traffic of San Diego, the NCAA tournament was on for them to play early against UConn, and they win the game. They beat Calhoun and company um, in, in an incredible uh, turn of events where, where UConn was one of the favored teams uh, that year out of the Big East and, uh, and goes down to defeat. And then, of course, as I mentioned, Western Kentucky hit the last second shot. I still remember Scotty Reynolds and Villanova. As they advanced on, they made the Sweet 16, uh, defeating uh, Kenny Hansbro was his name from Siena that was making all the big shots for Siena in their opening round game. Again, relive all of that. I love the NCAA tournament. We don't have it for this weekend, but you can relive a lot of those games. And, and Brian and I are going to go all the way back to the 1990 tournament and what happened that year. But you've you've got great example after great example. Dick Terrence, Richmond team, another 15, beating a two. Uh, what was it, the 2002 tournament that had Hampton knocking off Iowa State as a two seed? Two seeds have been beaten over and over again in this tournament on dramatic opening days, the opening weekend of the tournament. We get to experience none of that for 2020. It's just left to the imagination. What would have happened with teams like Kansas, Baylor, uh, we believe Dayton, Florida State, San Diego State? These would have been your two seeds. Kentucky, your one seed, your two seeds, probably Maryland or Michigan State, and maybe the Big East champion, somebody like Villanova, somebody like Seton Hall, that would have ended up being a one seed, a two seed. How would they have done against those 16s and those 15s? We'll never know. We'll never know that answer. But anyway, lots of college basketball to reminisce about. It's on my brain right now because we don't have a tournament. Who knows? Who knows how Obi Toppin and, and Dayton would have really fared? Would Kansas have run the uh, run the table? Would Izzo's Michigan State that always seems to make a run in March have done something? What about Gonzaga or San Diego State or Baylor? Or as I mentioned, Kentucky or somebody else? Uh, out of the ACC with the defending champs, Virginia have done something. What would Leonard Hamilton's team have done? Could they have made the Final Four for the first time in 40 years? We don't know. We don't know. We'll never know. It's left as vacant there next to the NCAA tournament. So, again, we'll try to cheer you up here with the interviews. Got some great guests. Looking forward to it. It is all part of the only digital radio show that's devoted to those doggies. No games to talk about, no doggies. But we can talk some future odds and what might have been with the NCAA tournament. Let's get all of that rolling right now. All right, here he is. As I've been making mention of, it's definitely unusual and different that we don't have games of any type, but in specific, no NCAA tournament. No, March Madness. So this is like group therapy with my man Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. So you you and I taped last week not knowing what was going to happen with all the cancellations, which did happen. Now the NCAA tournament gone, basketball on hold, hockey on hold, baseball not having started. So uh, it is just an odd time. Just as a general comment, welcome. It is definitely strange right now. Uh, thanks for having me, TJ. It is uh, it's very, very odd, very strange, and uh, very stressful for for all, for sure. And, um, yeah, it's what it is, though. So, uh, okay, so let's go at it from a couple of different uh, angles. This this will obviously be the first time since they, they started an NCAA tournament in 1939 that we do not have one. I, like many, many others... I believe these first two days should be national holidays, Thursday and Friday. We should be talking about eight regional sites and 32 games on Thursday and Friday. Uh, I'm jonesing. A lot of people are jonesing. What What are you uh, Are you most disappointed for the Dayton team that you've been backing for about 90 days now that they don't get a shot at it? Or are we most jonesing to see if San Diego State as well couldn't hang with the big boys? Who who would have been those number one seeds? What What are you jonesing the most about right now with no bracket, no games? Well, just first off, every single senior that you know didn't get to play is – last game i mean my my um high school basketball uh, quote unquote career <laughs> ended with a broken ankle in, our, in my last regular season game so you know you just never know you know what would have happened so that just sucks for all seniors but yeah oh you know I, I i dayton but how about Rutgers, man i mean they hadn't been to a tournament since 91 
you know, uh, Dayton certainly. I mean, you were going to owe me a steak from Burns. <laughs> and, and, and now I'm lucky if I get a chicken sandwich from Outback. <laughs> and, but, yeah, Dayton – Look, obviously, I don't care about the Seminoles, but, I mean, if you're an FSU fan, this has got a sting. They haven't been to a Final Four since 72 and certainly had a great opportunity. But, yeah, Rutgers, all the seniors, and Dayton for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, but it sucks for everybody, really. Yeah, San Diego State had such a magical year to get to 26-0, and and I know we're not in the, in the uh, Western time zone, much less Southern California, but they were anxious to see, can they trade blows with Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, Michigan State, any of those uh, big boys, and we're never going to know. We're never going to know how far Dayton could have gone. We're never going to know, as you mentioned, if, if Rutgers squeaks in or if UCLA and Indiana would have gotten in or been left out. Uh, we're all we're all left wondering. So, just out of curiosity, here Dayton would have been an interesting play. They probably would have been something like ten to one to win the national championship, especially if they were a number one seed. I'm curious. Did you have a couple of ones that maybe would have been fifteen twenty to one? Um, that maybe could have made a run and won the national title. I mean, I had a couple of teams of my own, but I'm curious, besides Dayton, did you have maybe like a pricey underdog that you would have been watching for this NCAA tournament no matter where they were bracketed and seeded? Well, you know, I had a conversation with Todd Dewey of the Las Vegas Review Journal, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was like probably three weeks ago. So, but at that time, I, I can't remember. It was Michigan State was either 18 or 20 to 1. But that it might not have – I'm not saying that – I was recommending it at that price. Um, just, you know, with, with Cassius Winston, you know, to me, the second best point guard in the country behind Malachi Flynn. And, you know, Tillman inside and Izzo in March, you know, I thought they had a – a pretty decent shot, but I don't know that that number was going to be quite as generous, you know, uh, this past election Sunday. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, I played Texas Tech 80 to one. Gosh, that was probably early February, but they were really down the stretch. So I didn't really have, I mean, I thought I liked it at an 80 to one number, uh, like early February, but they were, they were really starting to fade down the stretch. They weren't playing well at all. So, um, yeah, that, that's, that's the only ones that are coming to mind off the top of my head right now. Well, and, and I love that Texas Tech pick a year ago because uh, they were entering the tournament. I know this. They were 25-1 to 1 some places or 20-1. to 1, And I put some people onto them and said, listen, I really like this, especially uh, they had looked good down the stretch of the Big 12 uh, regular season. But, Brian, they lost in the opening game of the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. And this is the unknown that we would not have had. I mean, we obviously got none of it, but while we're sitting here going through scenarios and what could have happened, speculating, you know there would have been a team, somebody like, let's say, Michigan State, somebody like Duke if they had lost their first game in the NCAA tournament that still is going to make a move, going to make a run in March. Well, that was Texas Tech a year ago, and there was a buddy of mine that put a nice chunk on Texas Tech at 20-1. to I had been advising him to watch them. Let us not forget they got all the way to the title game, and Brian, you know this, but for the audience, they had a ball in the air uh, at the end of regulation to win the national championship from Jarrett Culver that clanked off the rim, and the game goes to overtime, and Virginia eventually beat them in the overtime. So shoulda, coulda, woulda, but that that would have been a very tasty 20-1 to 1, Texas Tech a year ago. I just wonder, would Duke have maybe been a 15 or 20-1 or to 1 type play? I know they're Duke, but they probably would have ended up being like a two-seed or a three-seed. Would they have been that as expensive? You mentioned uh, Michigan State. Um, another team that I had an eyeball on was Arizona. Again, we don't know how the Pac-12 tournament would have played out, but I think Arizona might have been a very interesting team to make the Final Four, if not win the whole thing. And they might have been a 20-25-1, to 25 to 1, especially if they didn't win the Pac-12 tournament, right? Yeah, no, I think they would have definitely been at least 20-1. to 1. Um, and, and, you know, I always talk about good point guard play. I mean, I love Mannion, so um, I would have – you know, I, I didn't really watch a ton of Arizona to say I just you know to imply I was very very interested in them, but I think they definitely would have had uh, at least a twenty to one number. And you mentioned the Pac-12 tournament. Um, you know, 
So some of those games were late that Wednesday night, and all that Thursday morning I was just worried about getting my picks up for those noon games, and then obviously everything went sideways. And so yesterday I just happened to be – I was looking up uh, some things as I was doing an article because uh, the futures are already out for, for next year's tournament. And I actually just reviewed the scoreboard of that Wednesday night conferences, conference games and I did not realize North Carolina had gotten beaten by, like, 30. Right. And Stanford had lost, and Colorado had lost. So Stanford probably would have seen their bubble. Uh, they might have been on the wrong side of the bubble. So, yeah, some of those Wednesday late-night results I had not even seen until yesterday afternoon, and I found uh, those two comical, that, uh, or those three, North Carolina, uh, Stanford, and uh, Colorado had lost. Yeah, there there was uh, a lot that we were going to sort through. I mean, you can use whatever phrase you want: short change, jilted, whatever. We 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 were due a blur of basketball Thursday through Saturday, and never got it, and never got to see how that would unfold. And then the biggest cancellation of all: not just a pause button, but we're not going to play the NCAA tournament at all. I wonder, Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com. I've asked others on other shows. Would you have been in favor? We know it will never be played. It's not going to happen. It could not happen for the next 60 days. It's not going to happen. But would you have been in favor of that idea they kicked around briefly amongst themselves of a 16-team tournament? If we can't make 68 work at all these different sites over three weeks, if we decide to just come to Atlanta with 16 teams and in four or five days decide it with the best 16, would you have been in favor of that, Brian Edwards? I would have been in favor in favor of the effort they put to have something, but my, oh my, whoever 17th, 18th, 19th, and 20 would just be furious. And how would, I mean, I guess they just go about it just like a committee chooses the, the final, you know, the final 60, uh, 60 through 68, you know, somebody's right. going to get left out, right. but that would just really suck for a committee to, to decide somebody's 17th and the other team is 16. That that was my first thought. but Or I guess my second thought was that. The first thought was, well, at least they were freaking trying to make something happen. So I, I don't want to, uh, you know, be – I don't want to diss it, but uh, whoever was 17th and 18th would have been – Well, it's a, it's a great point because uh, that's a lot tougher. When you are that good, you've had that good of a season – and you're told you can't play for the whole thing, whereas when you're 64 through 68, like you're talking about, or 60 through 68 for the at-large teams, you're basically yes, you basically didn't take care of what you had to take care of, and that's why you're hanging by your fingernails over the cliff at that point. So that would have been different, but at least as you were saying, they were trying. I would have liked to have seen it, and in this year's case, it would not obviously have been all of the power six, if you will, including the Big East. You would have seen an A10 Dayton. You would have seen a Mountain West San Diego State. You would have seen a West Coast Conference Gonzaga. A great cross section with the Kansases and the Maryland's and the Michigan States and Duke and Florida State and Kentucky. How many from the Big East would have gotten in that 16? Would it have only been a couple of them? Would it have maybe been three of them? That's a great question. How many from the Big Ten? Probably only three, maybe four. It's great for arguments and debates, right, if they had done it. But uh, we'll never know what those 16 would have been. Would have been. My point just is we knew that Dayton and San Diego State and Gonzaga, by all the metrics, they would have been included. That would have been a good thing. Oh, no question about it. I mean, Dayton's season was just phenomenal. And you can, you know, rag on the A-10 all you want. But, I mean, they, you know, they beat St. Mary's uh, solidly in a neutral venue. Their only two losses of the year were Kansas, in Colorado, both in overtime, both on neutral floors, and they led outright most of both of those games. So um, you can pick at Dayton's resume with, oh, but who, you know, they didn't beat, the, but who did, who beat them? Well, Kansas was considered pretty much the best team in the country at the end of the year, and Dayton was beating them that whole game, and Kansas rallied and, and you know, barely won in overtime, and then, you know, a neutral court game against Colorado, they lost in overtime. So, um, yeah, Dayton had a magical season. You got to feel for Anthony Grant because this was obviously his best chance to, as a head coach, to get a team to the Final Four. Um, but we already covered how bad a sure. flyer. Sure, it just it's the timing of all of this, and nobody's belittling. I'm not. You're not. The seriousness of what's going on, and that we. 
Uh, we got to put everything to a halt. So uh, in any event, so there you go with the 2020 tournament that was never played. And we'll talk about it for years, for decades to come, about the 2020 tournament not having been played. Um, that's the unfortunate thing. Um, all right, so you and I are, are historians. We're contemporaries. We love the sport. This is the 30th anniversary of what arguably it was the most fun, dramatic tournament for the longest time in 1990 for a lot of different reasons. I know you put up on, on social media, on MajorWager.com, etc., about the Loyola Marymount Lions, and it's the 30th anniversary of their run after the death of their teammate, the leading scorer in the country the year before, the leading rebounder and scorer in the country. Hank Gathers had the heart attack on the floor, collapsed. His team pulled it together in the tournament, and right now at the time that we're talking is the 30th anniversary of them not only beating New Mexico State in the opening round, but you can go back on YouTube and relive Loyola Marymount. Brian Edwards, excuse me, 144 points on the defending champion Michigan Wolverines in Game 2. It is just phenomenal stuff. If we don't have this year's tournament, we can go back and look at that 90 tournament at some great moments, can't we? Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that that Loyola Marymount story, you know, pulled on the heartstrings of America more than any story, perhaps, in NCAA tournament history. And you can make an argument that those Paul Westhead teams with, with Bo Kimball and Jeff Fryer and Pear Steamer and, and Hank Gathers, you can make an argument that those were some of the most entertaining teams we've ever seen. And I would definitely make the argument that uh, we got the best round of 32 game in that tournament that we've ever seen between LSU and Georgia Tech, Lethal Weapon 3, Dennis Scott, uh, Brian Oliver, and uh, – Kenny Anderson. Oh my gosh. Kenny, Kenny Anderson. Anderson. Yes. Thank you, brother. Yeah, and that was in, uh, in Knoxville at Thompson Bowling, and uh, it was Shaq and Stanley Roberts and Chris Jackson and Vernell Singleton, and Georgia Tech ended up winning, and then – they went to New Orleans, and Michigan State was the one seed Steve Smith's senior year, and Kenny Anderson hit a buzzer beater that at first they ruled uh, was a game winner to win it, and then they uh, checked the replay, and his foot was on the line. It went to overtime, and, uh, and then UNLV ended up beating Loyola Marymount in the Elite Eight, and then they go on, and uh, it was the Bobby Hurley diarrhea game as a true freshman as they mauled. The only thing, bad thing about that tournament was that the finals was such a blowout. Yeah, it was a destruction by UNLV that year. They they just got progressively better. And you look at all the pros that were on that team. Uh, Loyola Marymount ran into a team with Larry Johnson, Stacey Augman, Greg Anthony, and Anderson Hunt, all of whom were drafted in the first round of the NBA draft. Hello. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you go and back to that ninth... Yeah, Moses Scurry like Mo- was another Curry? name. They had they had four or five guys uh, that ended up playing in the NBA off of that team. But you you mentioned yes. I mean, uh, I love Kenny Anderson. This is the 30th anniversary, obviously, of them being in the Final Four. They were going to honor that team at this year's Final Four for the 30th anniversary. Bobby Crimmins as the coach. Uh, they ended up beating Michigan State, as you mentioned, on the last second shot. Then they beat Clem Haskins and, uh, and Minnesota in the regional final in a game, again, that went down to the final second uh, when Georgia Tech hung on for a missed shot by, by Minnesota that put them... There, there was one crazy game after another in that 1990 tournament that was so memorable. We, we could make the argument when we're talking March. There have been a lot of great tournaments, but maybe that one is as, is as crazy as any one that we've seen. Yeah, and not only did Loyola Marymount, like you said, how many they put up on Michigan, but that was a Michigan team that had beaten Seton Hall in overtime in 89 out of the kingdom in Seattle to win the national title. And they brought everybody back except for Glenn Rice. They had Loy Vault, they had Terry Mills, they had Ramil Robinson, they had uh, Mike Griffin, um, uh, oh, Sean Higgins yes. as well. And, J- and Jeff Vaught. Fryer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Jeff Fryer hit 11 
three-pointers, which I know was a NCAA tournament record at the time. I don't know. Has anybody ever it hit may, 11 It may still games? be. We would have to look. But, yes, there were, yeah. there were a lot of NCAA tournament games where a team had not made 11 three-pointers. Because, remember, the three-point shot yeah, sure. only came into the tournament, I believe, in the 86 87. or 87 one. He made 11 by himself. And they kept stepping back to shoot threes or kicking it out to shoot long threes. That was so far ahead of its time. It's just incredible. Again, dial up YouTube. Don't just take my word for it and Brian Edwards' word for it. Watch that Loyola Marymount team playing with Bo Kimball as like a 6-4 post-up uh, three forward uh, with Fryer bombing threes, Terrell Lowry off the dribble. They were so far ahead of their time on tempo and three-point shooting. They just flat wore everybody out and blitzed them with three-point shots. I mean, it's ridiculous to watch those games, to go back and watch those games and see them with 100 points, Brian, with 10 minutes left in the game. It's crazy, but it's exactly yeah, what and, happened. Yeah, and then what was so odd is they had high-scoring games, and then in this Week 16, Wimp Sanderson coached <laughs> the best game he ever coached his whole career, and they still came up short. I think the final was 62-60, to 60, and You're how correct. he kept that game in the 60s was nuts, and he had a squad too, man. He had Robert Ory and uh, Melvin Cheatham, and, and he had Hollywood Robinson and uh, Gary Waits, who I've all, always said is the most underrated SEC point guard uh, of all time, just in the SEC. And uh, yeah, that was um, that. They was did. A, You're uh, right. They they played yep. the slow down tempo. They used the 45 second clock that had just been implemented. They were taking the air out of the ball on every possession to make Loyola Marymount frustrated, slow them down, make them have to have to work harder to get any buckets. Uh, and yet, LMU still found a way and hung on and won the game. Ori missed the last second shot on the long yep. inbound, missed the tying shot, and Loyola Marymount uh, advanced on. So uh, what a great game. I still remember Wimp Sanderson in the aftermath of that game while I reminisce here on Three Dog Thursday with Brian Edwards. I still remember him uh, in the post-game press conference when they asked him about the slowdown. He said, he said I-, I don't know about anybody else, something to this effect. He goes, he goes, but we were not about to let them get 100 on us. And he goes, and you bet your sweet, he said this, you bet your sweet dookie, they did not get 100 on us tonight. And he was right, but they didn't, they didn't win the game. Uh, it was incredible. And Paul Westhead said, hey, 62 is our average at halftime. They just held us to, to half of our average for this game, and they still found a way to win. And then the dream ended a couple of days later with UNLV, uh, rolling over them and then rolling through the Final Four. So go back and look up the 90 tournament if you're looking to reminisce. That also had another colleague of mine, Tom Penders, who I love to interview, and I'm going to get him on a subsequent show here in March because his Texas Longhorns were ahead of the curve. Brian Edwards on bombing three-pointers. Travis, Travis Mays, May. yes, Lance Blanks. Those guys were shooting 15, 20 three-pointers a game well before the time that everybody else was bombing the three, and they got all the way to the Elite Eight that, that year as the running horns. Um, so, yeah, the 90 tournament. Go back and, and take a look at, uh, at the upsets, the last-second finishes, the controversy. Kenny Anderson swears to this day that he got that shot off in time before the horn. Uh, the Michigan State fans swear to this day he did not, and the shot should not have counted. They could not review whether he got it off before the horn. They were only reviewing the three-point shot, as crazy as that sounds, on whether he got it off. But uh, Georgia Tech advanced not only from the Sweet 16 to that Final Four that year. All right, so I appreciate you reminiscing with me. Uh, One fun one. Again, as we tape Three Dog Thursday here, a lot of NFL free agency going on. A lot of the deals are not official as of yet. But it is interesting. You know that I work for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, uh, and we await to see what the official word is with that guy who's been quarterbacking for a little while for the New England Patriots. And whether or not he has chosen Tampa Bay or not, we don't know. It's interesting that the odds makers believe that he has and that it's making a difference with the Buccaneers' Super Bowl odds. I know you were peeking at all of this, Brian Edwards, throughout the week. Yeah, um, so I saw Jeff Sherman, um, who is with Jay Cornegay at the Westgate Superbook, and he tweeted uh, late, uh, what, Tuesday afternoon, uh, that they had moved Tampa Bay from 40 to 1 to 14 to 1. Now, I, I have seen other books more like 20 or 22 to 1, so you can find a more generous price. And 
I've seen the you know the odds to the AFC East. I've seen the Bills and Patriots like both plus one twenty ish co favorites. But then I saw a, I saw a graphic on ESPN earlier today that still had New England like a minus one ten or minus one twenty favorite, and, and the Bills like plus one fifty uh, in the AFC East. And the Saints were around I think minus one. 50 to win the NFC South, but the Bucks were just a very short dog. I, I want to say in the plus uh, 140-ish range. And, and then, look, the NFC South is going to be stacked with quarterback play <laughs> with Matt Ryan, with Bridgewater, and with TB12, and, oh, that guy named Drew Brees. is $50 million deal uh, is the number I saw earlier. How crazy is that? The round robin of six division games between those four teams. That'll be interesting. Uh, you know, Marcus Mariota, it looks like if it's official, is going to the Raiders to compete with Derek Carr. We're going to talk more with JT the Brick in a little bit here on Three Dog Thursday, who's out there in Vegas. The Raiders coming to Vegas, but you, you've already got the Chiefs with Mahomes as the defending champs. The Raiders are going to be very uh, intriguing in that scenario. Uh, Denver was better at the end of the year. What's going to happen with them a full year with Drew Locke at quarterback? And then what do the Chargers do now? No Phillip Rivers looks like, again, all of this uh, subsequent to being named officially that Phillip Rivers is going to go to Indianapolis. What are the Chargers going to do at quarterback and the AFC West? Interesting. It's all interesting right now. Where is Cam going to end up? And wherever Jameis ends up, I think he's going to be a backup. But I have no idea where Cam Newton is going to end up unless Chargers maybe? Chargers or maybe. Or the draft. Who knows? And obviously Carolina is trying to play a trade with him before outright releasing him if they're going with with Bridgewater, if that becomes official. But, yeah, there's going to be a there's, – there's, there's not really been a year like this with this many humongous names out there at quarterback in free agency. And so the musical chairs obviously still ongoing. You may know some of these answers already if you're listening a little later in the week on Three Dog Thursday, but Brian and I just kicking it around. Listen, you've been great with me to kind of reminisce, to talk about a tournament we're not going to have, a little NFL free agency. You're still grinding away with everything at MajorWager.com. Tell the audience more about that, how they find you socially, etc. Okay, so um, bet online, and I'm sure there's probably plenty of other books that have joined them or will be doing so very soon has got odds uh, to win the 2021 NCAA tournament. Uh, Virginia and Gonzaga, the plus 900 co-favorites. And I did a little breakdown on major wager of pretty much everybody that's up to like 20 or 25 to 1. Odds, uh, you follow me on Twitter at Vegas B. Edwards. You can follow the major wager Twitter account at major wager Uno. And once NBA resumes, we hope uh, you can get my NBA picks at vegasinsider.com and brianedwardsports.com uh, I, I rarely I don't know if I've ever had a conversation with somebody that remembers the 1990 NCAA tournament as well as I do TJ so hat tip to you hey, my brother you and, and I, I, I I'm hardcore on the tournament and you and I are contemporaries and that was just such a magical one again go back and relive the games on YouTube Brian I, I suggest that to you to the audience to everybody you can watch these games they're all there that we're talking about they're wild uh, and we'll at least have some and, basketball for March. And if you, uh, we're, I think we're going to have a lot of opportunities to binge watch TV. If you get on a thirty for thirty binge, guru of go, oh. go deeper into Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball and those loyal Marymount squads. Yeah, the Paul Westhead guru of go. The thirty for thirty on that one is great. Recommend that highly. And, you know, we didn't even talk. you got to give me credit. I didn't even bring up the Dallas Cowboys and bringing back Dak Prescott on the franchise tag, Amari Cooper on a $100 million deal, if that's to be believed, if that's official. Uh, my, my buddy Gerald McCoy, a great Buccaneer defensive uh, tackle. Is he going to end up in Dallas? It looks like he is. Again, that's not official. We don't know on any of these moves until they are official. Who knows? Uh, but the, the Cowboys will be an interesting play as well. Uh, for uh, for Super Bowl stuff, so lock it in majorwager.com uh, and and Brian Edwards at Vegas B Edwards there as well. I always love talking with you on all this stuff. We'll see how it sorts out. We don't have games for now. Hopefully the games will be resuming in May. It looks like we're going to go for a while without games, but if you keep jumping on with me, I'll keep having you here on Three Dog Thursday till we do get some games. Thank you, sir. 
Always fun, TJ. Thanks for having me, my brother. And uh, stay safe. All right, gang, it's no secret, as we've been talking about here, that Vegas is closed down for the first time. Vegas casinos are all closed. But you know what? The casino that's still open 24-7 and accessible from the comfort of your home, it's mybookie.ag casino. They're even running a free $10,000 Blackjack Madness tournament. They've got the fastest payouts. they got the best promotions. Helpful 24-7 customer service. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 to play with for free from MyBookie. All you got to do is use our promo code SGP to activate the offer. Once again, the promo code is SGP to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, and get paid. And we're brought to you in part by ProSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Because you're buying the bet directly from another person, not only can you find great deals, but you can also buy bets from states where there is no sports betting. Get that ProSwap account loaded up so when future buying returns, you can strike while the iron is hot. Sign up for ProSwap.com today and they'll give you 100% matching on your first deposit. Just enter the promo code SGP. That's SGP at the time of deposit. ProSwap will match it up to 100 bucks. Go to ProSwap.com today. This offer is void where prohibited. And we're brought to you in part by Simply Safe Home Security. It's like getting commercial grade enterprise level security, but for your own home. Think about the security that Fortune 500 companies use. They need to know that police are going to be on the scene immediately if something happens. This is exactly what you're going to get and the type of security with Simply Safe. If there's a break in, they use real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350% faster than a normal burglar alarm with Simply Safe. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoor cameras, doorbell alerts to anyone approaching your home, entry, motion, glass break sensor guards inside, plus Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's all monitored 24/7 by live security professionals. You can set up the system yourself, no tools are needed, or Simply Safe's experts can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com slash SGP today. Get free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash SGP to save on home security today with Simply Safe. Hey guys, smelling good is really important, especially if you are in isolation right now with those loved ones and Hawthorne smells really good. Getting Hawthorne cologne is even easier. Guys, this is in addition to whatever deodorant, shampoo, etc. that you might be using. You want to smell great and you can smell great with Hawthorne. In fact, you take a quick two-minute quiz, and Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that are best for you, one for work, one for play. All of this is totally risk-free with a shipping and money-back guarantee. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E, and use our promo code SPG to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E dot C-O. Use our promo code SPG and get 10% off your purchase with Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Well, I wish it was a better circumstance that we had all kinds of games that were going on, uh, including March Madness, the NCAA tournament, the holy grail of college basketball, and uh, NFL free agency is about all we have uh, to go around with, although uh, the deal's not official as of yet, but we're seeing a lot of moves being made to help me sort through it. Love his inside. He's on five days a week on the Fox Sports Radio affiliate in Las Vegas. You also hear him on Mad Dog Sports Radio late nights uh, and overnights, depending on your time zone. JT the Brick. Always love Mr. Brick and his insight. It's awkward, isn't it, right now? It's really weird that we don't have games to talk about, sir. Yeah, it is. It is, TJ. Good to talk to you again. And it is... uh... Unique, something that's never happened before and it'll never happen again. I don't, I don't think this will ever happen 
in sports, especially with so many uh, leagues in season. And then you add NASCAR and you add golf and you add boxing and UFC now and everything to it, amateur and professional athletics. It's a once in a lifetime moment. And, you know, I think we should all be talking about it. This, this is storytelling time. This is the time to talk to, I believe, people in media, columnists, bloggers, athletes, coaches on how they're all getting through it. Yeah, and we got to try to find a way to do that. Um, okay, so I have related to the audience already. This was supposed to be such a massive week in West Central Florida where I live in the Tampa Bay area because the NCAA tournament first and second round was playing here, one of the eight regional sites. And Florida State was likely going to be one of the teams that was going to be here with tens of, you know, 10,000 Florida State fans. Kentucky was possibly going to be here, JT, and you know they travel well with massive crowd. So that's out the window with the tournament canceled. The PGA Tour was supposed to be here for a tour event that's canceled. Spring training baseball with seven or eight prominent teams in our area, the surrounding counties, not playing now. So it's a real letdown. But then you have Las Vegas, which which for March Madness, we cannot convey. You can convey it better. That is uh, as crazy a time in sports books and with fans and for tourism and hotels and golf courses and restaurants. Massive, massive three weekends. And now it's a ghost town basically on the strip. How odd is it with you being there with the insight? Well, it's devastating because yesterday we were shut down completely and the governor went on television and said, that's it. There will be social distancing. There will only be essential businesses that are open, even though that's interesting to see what people think. You know, how a liquor store is essential, or a grocery <laughs> store is more essential. But the casinos closing has never happened, even after 9-11. Casinos are open and you can place a bet and you can go to a slot machine and Flights weren't coming into Vegas as the country was in lockdown, but there were, you know, thousands upon thousands of locals and people here who could drive here that were gambling. And now it's just the opposite. The fact that there's no March Madness is brutal because even if they would have had March Madness without the fans, it would have took gamblers less than five minutes to figure out that they loved it. They would have been fine with that because they would have been betting on games. Remember, with March Madness, everybody bets on every game. In the NFL, you might bet a Buccaneer game and a Bills game, but you're not going to bet the Seahawks. You don't like the line. Completely the opposite in March Madness. Everybody throws money on every game because they want to be engaged in those games. So it's crazy. And to see the strip even close the lights. You know, the Bellagio went dark last night. They shut the fountains. A lot of casinos are closing today, and everybody in Vegas is kind of connected to the Strip. You know, I live nine miles off the Strip in a place called Red Rock, and everybody in my neighborhood, you know, from the dry cleaners to the people that work at businesses that service the Strip and all these casinos, and think about all the people that are working and cleaning rooms and cleaning the casino floor and all the cooks and the food, the people... The amount of food that is served in Vegas. We have the best restaurants in the world in Vegas, high-end, middle-end. And then you have just people at diners and Starbucks and everybody. So there's nobody working here, and the town is shut down. And from a gambling perspective, the gamblers don't know what to do. They're all Jones and betting, you know, Russian hockey or rugby <laughs> just trying to get their bets. <laughs> Uh, that's well put. And, and JT, you've lived there on and off uh, basically about 25 years. You mentioned 9-11. There's, re there's really no other reference point to this. And unfortunately, it's going to continue for a few weeks even beyond March Madness with no NBA, no NHL. We hope to resume, hope underlined, we hope to resume like in May, maybe mid-May, but we don't know right now. It's just uh, it's just tough to fathom what this is going to be like a few weeks from now when Vegas is so reliant on tourism, on the sports books, having games to wager on and those kind of things if and when they open. It's, it's definitely different, and it's devastating to that part of the industry of the state, I'm sure. It's absolutely devastating. There's no way around it. And one of the things I've been telling people about Vegas 
is everybody's going through the same thing we're going through. We're just magnified because it's Vegas and it's a vacation destination and it's a place that people come for their work conferences and it's a place where people come to get married and to do a lot of different things. So we're no different than Tampa, St. Pete. We're no different than Long Island, where I'm from. We're no different than New Orleans. Everybody's suffering the same way, but we're more magnified because everybody talks about Vegas. And for me, as a sports talk host, it's it's not a problem at all because I do a national show, but my local show, we're the only market in the entire NFL, 32 teams. We're the only one that has a new team moving to our market. So the Raiders deserve a rollout. They deserve a welcoming committee. They deserve people talking about the Raiders no matter what, because we're trying to educate a new market about an alumni base that has Bo Jackson and Jim Plunkett and Ken Stabler, plus the stadiums being built and the facility. And you know this, working with the Buccaneers, the size of one Bucks place. I was there for the transition from the old Buccaneers facility when Bruce Allen, who hired me with the Raiders, was the GM there. And I'll never forget walking through that weight room that was outside and how just primitive it was to the development of one Bucks place. And I remember seeing that. Well, put that in magnitude on steroids because the Raiders are building one of the biggest facilities in NFL history right behind the star in Dallas. So it's the first time this didn't happen with the Atlanta Falcons. It didn't happen with Minnesota that an NFL team is moving into their new facility and their new stadium and moving their staff from one state to another. So we're lucky. We got a lot to talk about with the silver and black and the Buccaneers are coming to play the silver and black this year at Allegiant Stadium. So it's going to be great. Yeah, I look forward to that. And again, at the time that we're taping Three Dog Thursday, a free agency has officially begun. Moves have not been announced yet. I'm winking even though you can't see me. You and I are going to talk at some point about a big move being official when I can talk about it. You can talk a little bit about the Raiders uh, right now. Uh, Marcus Mariota signing. They've made a couple of other moves. Jason Witten is a tight end. Uh, hey, have fun with Carl Nassib. He is a great guy as a defensive end. He has apparently agreed uh, to come with the Raiders as a defensive end on a multi-year deal. So the Raiders making some some moves here uh, to add to the splash of John Gruden coming and the NFL coming and the new stadium coming as well, JT. Oh, the Raiders were phenomenal on defense. They picked up four new starters, two linebackers who are going to start, one from the Bears. Uh, Littleton comes over from the Rams. You mentioned Nassib, who, again, I can't wait to talk to you about him and find out more, because remember last season they drafted Max Crosby, who could have been the defensive rookie of the year, double digits in sacks, even though they took Cleveland Farrell in the first round. With the fourth pick overall, they hit a home run with their other defensive end. So now they have pass rushers, linebackers. Uh, they're bringing in corners, and they already have a great offensive line. And you know, Mariota's situation is interesting to me because it adds depth. Everybody knows he's going to compete. Uh, Derek Carr, I like Carr. I hope he remains the starter for the Raiders. There was talk about Brady last week. Would he be a fit here? And the Raiders got a really good quarterback room now. And Grude loves Peterman. He liked Mike Glennon. Uh, he liked all the quarterbacks he has. He grinds hard on quarterbacks. And to have Marcus Mariota, and I'm sure you've seen the B-roll of him when he was at the desk at the NFL draft when he got drafted. That was his favorite player. He'll be able to back up Derek Carr, or if Carr struggles, be able to compete for that job. So, yeah, the Raiders are looking much better than people think because they're adding a lot of depth, and they have the – our 12th and 19th pick in the first round. So they're definitely going to get out of the first round with two big-time players to add to what they've already done. So we're pretty excited about that. Just a couple of more minutes with JT The Brick. Follow him at JT The Brick on social media, on there in Vegas five days a week, also on Mad Dog Unleashed, Sirius XM Radio, late nights. Uh, this guy is a godfather of late-night sports talk radio. He and I our former Fox Sports Radio national brothers. I used to love hopping on with him, uh, filling in for him, et cetera, et cetera, uh, when we were in and around each other. 
Um, okay, so uh, we've got we've got the NFL draft, which was supposed to be in Vegas. They've already announced now can't can't have it, can't make it work at any location. Uh, it's going to go back maybe to the smoke filled ballroom, maybe not. Maybe it's all going to be digital, going to all be video conferencing. I don't know. That'll that'll be different. What is your educated guess? You've been doing this for a long time. Do we do we get sports at the beginning of May? Do we get the sports in the middle of May? Are we are we now looking at that like Major League Baseball won't play until June or July? That the NBA might not resume and might just say, "Hey, we're going to do the playoffs uh, as soon as we resume and do them in June and July to try to finish." What what's your read, please? Yeah, I don't have one. I got to be honest with you, as I always am. I don't have a read. I have no idea. If you look at the numbers in Italy, if you look at the numbers in Spain, if you take this coronavirus seriously, like, like I know you do, yep. it's, tough to, it's tough to put a calendar out there. I would assume, you know, March is done. April is finished. So March and April are done. And now we're talking about May and maybe May 15th. I think the biggest topic that I'm talking about on my shows is this. What are we going to do until sports starts? Well, we should be talking about sports. When's it going to come back? Like we're talking now, what are the playoffs going to look like? What players are we going to be talking about while they're off and want to follow on social media? But once sports comes back, I think it will be the most unique time in sports history because if all the leagues decide to go forward and not scrap the season and they decide, hey, we're going to either do a shortened playoff with the NHL and with the NBA, baseball's going to start up with a shortened regular season. Then you say, we're going to start the Masters in two weeks. This is a very important point I want to make because a lot of people are understanding that the first time since World War II, we don't have the Kentucky Derby the first weekend in May. I could care less. You can put it in July or August. Just drop the flag and let it all go balls out when it starts. But are we going to – there's still going to be uh, athletes testing positive. So what I think is going to have to happen is these billionaire owners are going to say, okay, we're going to start up the NBA and we're going to test every player. And if a guy like Kevin Durant who tested positive in the Brooklyn Nets have a couple of players who tested positive, they won't be able to play, but they're going to let the other athletes play. And I know there's some risk there, right? but that's what has to happen. You, you can't say for the next year or two, what happens nine months from now? If someone tests positive for the coronavirus, we're going to shut down sports again. So I think it's going to be a really compelling conversation. How do we go forward with sports, possibly keep the fans away, testing the athletes weekly, and the athletes who are negative play, the athletes who are positive can't play, and we still have sports. Yep, and then we we got to figure out, uh, like we said, the NBA and the NHL have playoffs that are looming, and and how soon? That's that's big money, obviously, and they're going to play those. How much of a regular season will either one of those have? Maybe a few games. And how long is the baseball season? Because typically it's 162 games, but you bleed into June and July. There's no way to obviously, logistically, to play 162 games for everybody nope. and be done before it's freezing cold in November and December. So I don't, I don't know if they go to a hundred game season or what they end up doing. Uh, we will find out. And I love this man's insight. I, I, I pledge to you that when we get an opportunity to, to converse on official free agency. Uh, across the NFL. I want to do that with you, and let's hope we get some games back soon. Thank you for popping on with me on a weird time here on the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Uh, JT, the break. Thank you. Love the podcast. Love coming on. Talk to you soon, my friend. And there we go. That will do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. Thanks for bearing with me with my guest all the way back at the beginning. I'm I love talking with Brian Edwards, uh, a Vegas insider and MajorWager.com. Again, the games have stopped for now, but he's a tremendous handicapper. We were going to have so much fun on this show, handicapping all the conference tournament games last week, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, marching on to the Final Four that was to have been played in Atlanta. It's all scrapped. It's all for naught. The good news is we hope to be back playing games maybe in May, maybe by May 15th, maybe by the end of May. If we are playing games in the NBA, the NHL will have lots about it here on Three Dog Thursday, obviously, uh, and especially the playoffs. And the baseball season's got to start at some point. At what point do are they going to play a full – they can't play 162 games from the midsummer on. 
you got to believe that's going to get shortened and we'll get to the postseason quicker or else you're playing in November and December like we're talking about uh, there with JT the Brick on the last interview. So, again, my thanks to Brian Edwards. Follow him at Vegas B. Edwards. Follow uh, Major Wager uh, on the uh, social media at Major Wager Uno and also on Facebook, MajorWager.com. JT the Brick, at JT the Brick on social media. The JT the Brick Show is on in Vegas on the Fox Sports Radio affiliate in Vegas five days a week in the afternoon. And then late nights, Mad Dog. Dog uh, Unleash, Mad Dog Sports Radio on Sirius XM. He's the overnight guy there as well. You get you about six, seven, eight hours at times of JT the Brick in the same day. Love the Brick out in Vegas. Wish we had some hoops and some games for he and the economy out there. We all got to tough it out together. We got to band together and hang in there and do what is safe and do what is right. Uh, in particular for those that are older. I have older parents. I have older in-laws. I have a lot of older relatives. You all have the same thing. Understand that what we're doing is to not compromise them. You and I are probably younger. There are are many that are younger than us that could handle the COVID-19 virus. The older generation, that's what's going on in Italy where their demographic is much older and their casualty rate, their death rate is much higher. Let's be safe. The games will return at some point. We look forward to it. There you go. That's this edition of Three Dog Thursday. Follow the show at Three Dog Thursday on Twitter. Go to threedogthursday.com. Subscribe to the show as well via iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, wherever you find podcasts. My thanks again to the guys at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, Whether you found us on the feed through Sports Gambling Podcast Network, you can subscribe, a social media feed. Subscribe away wherever you get those podcasts, and it comes automatically to you on Thursdays. I am merely TJ Reeves. Thanks for being with me. No NCAA tournament, I know. A pause button for the rest of sports. We hope that it resumes soon. We will be back soon on Three Dog Thursday. Bye. Cousin Sal here letting you know that nobody does sports like FanDuel Sportsbook. All new users get a $1,000 risk-free bet when you sign up and make your first deposit. Just place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back if you don't win. Sign up today. FanDuel.com slash Sal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.